Uh, you're listening to Ingridopedia, a factual food fight podcast where each episode we choose an ingredient and have a fight about it. I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Naismith. Hello, Emily. G'day. How's it going? I'm good. My name is Ben Virtual, and this is our last Ingredopedia for the year, for, mm. for the season of six or seven that we put out this year. Yeah. Um, we realise we, we haven't been as, as uh, steady and sturdy with our, with our releases, but uh, we thought we'd sneak one last one in before Christmas. And it's not quite a Christmas episode, is it? Is it from you? It's I feel like it's quite Christmassy. It's, it's, a like, cr- yeah. it's a fruit that comes into its peak around Christmas time. Because, mm. I mean, we've done turkey. Yeah. We've done... Cherries. Well, we did cherries last Christmas. Uh, I think You really wanted to do ham. I've got <laughs> a ham. I nearly picked it up today. I've got a ham from uh, Meat Smith on order, which uh, Meat fancy. Smith is a fancy butcher in uh, Collingwood in Melbourne. And I bought it drunk the other day. Uh, I was out at a Christmas drinks and realised, oh, I haven't ordered a ham. And then I'm like, I'm going to do it now. And I don't know how much it's going to cost me, but I think it'll be worth it. Yikes. But we're not doing ham, although I will be eating ham for the rest of my life after mm-hmm. I pick up the massive ham. What is our Christmassy ingredient, Emily? Our ingredient today is mangoes. They're yeah. one of the best fruits, honestly. Peak In their peak at the moment, mm-hmm. December. Um, I've only just started eating them because I'm scared of fruit, as you know, when it first comes in because I'm scared it's going to be bad. Yeah, okay. But um, just had a good mango this week and it was delicious. So they're ready? Yep, they're, they're ready. R- raring to go. They're, they're $2 each at some some places. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 crazy. I, I, um, I have already eaten a lot of mangoes because my son's daycare does a mango box like oh. fundraiser. And so we bought a box of mangoes. And uh, Walter told me this morning that he was mangoed out. <laughs> I was like, you want some mango, buddy? I mangoed out. Yeah, so, yeah, we've had a lot a lot of mangoes in our house. Yeah, you must have to eat a lot to be mangoed out. I've never been mangoed out. He, yeah, he, he hit them hard. <laughs> he hit them hard. Uh, and speaking of hit them hard, let's hit each other with some facts. <laughs> Please don't. Um, okay, I'm just going to do some facts from <laughs> Okay, let's gently swap facts back and forth like, like friends. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. So I've had some excellent experiences with mangoes when I've been traveling and I've had some terrible experiences. The terrible one involved an eight-hour bus ride that got delayed and delayed and delayed in Malaysia with, and all I had was like a kilo of dried mango. And the good experience that I'm choosing to talk about instead is my experience with green mango in Vietnam, Mm. which is awesome. Um, One of my favorite street snacks was like the tubs of green mango that you can buy like freshly cut up with a topping on it that's like salty and sweet and the mango is a bit sour. Um, And it's like a delicious mystery topping and forever in my head, like that was the peak way to eat mango. Um, And it's served in like a Slurpee cup but I've never actually known what the topping was. Um, and so I decided to find out for this podcast. Mm. Um, Investigative. Yep, I did. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't find out the actual recipe because I wanted to recreate it um, like a proper recipe, but I found some videos in Vietnamese on YouTube. So I kind of tried to make it up based off that. Yep. 
Um, so what you do is you put sugar and fish sauce in a saucepan mm-hmm. and then stir and bring to the boil until the sugar's dissolved. Then you pour that over the mango and you try and get like a, a green mango or like an unripe mango. And then you top it with shrimp salt and chili. So it was drama this morning because at six o'clock in the morning I was cooking this and as I told you before, I was hungover and it wasn't going well. Oh, oh Lord. Um, but fish sauce on a hangover, <laughs> yeah. dude. But the fish sauce is where I went wrong because I couldn't, I couldn't find it. And so I was Googling. I'm like, I swear we had fish sauce, but I don't have time to go to the shops and I've got to go to work. So replacements for fish sauce. And then I came, I found Worcestershire sauce and used that instead. And then as soon as I'd finished that, I found the fish sauce, which was in the fridge for some unknown reason. Mm. Who keeps it in the fridge? Do you? Uh, you would. No. <laughs> um, no. I think I swap and change a little bit. So I thought we'd try them both. Okay. And we'll see which one right. we like the best. Okay. So. Looks good. Yeah, it looks good. Now the next one. I know. I've got a bit of chilli in my throat. <laughs> I think it will be quite obvious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, the second one was the fish sauce. Yeah. Mm, and it's better. Yeah, it is better. Yeah. But Although there are what's anchovies. What's the fish sauce is okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and there's anchovies in it, mm. as we found out. Um, so, yeah. Cool story, Em. That's what I did. <laughs> That's my facts. <laughs> but it was delicious. Yeah, it was delicious. Now we've got two mangoes to eat, so it'll be good. Okay, I feel like we've gone very positive very early on mangoes. Mm. It's safe to say we're both mango fans, other than other than the fact that yeah, when they're my, fresh, my my son is mangoed out. Um, but do you know about the dangers of mangoes? No, I came across this uh, this this fact from uh, my wife's cousin Prue, who grew up on a farm and uh, has is very kind of handy around farms, and she travelled fruit picking when she was younger, kind of travelled around Queensland fruit picking. And she came across something called mango rash, which she she told me about this, like, literally a couple of weeks ago. And so I've done some digging about it. Um, and I found a story from a gardening website called The Garden Drum. It says, did you know that mango sap is very acidic and can cause terrible skin burns? Mango pickers in the Northern Territory... In the coming harvest season, this is a I think this is from 2015. This story, in the coming harvest season, will be required to wear pr- protective cream as part of a new recruitment program. Top end recruiting says the sap builds up on the skin during the picking season, and some mango pickers can be so badly affected that they can spend up to a week in hospital. Jesus. In 2012, 82 pickers presented at emergency at Catherine Hospital with mango sap burns. The sap can squirt out from the stem when the mango is pulled off the stem, reaching distances of several metres. If it hits you in the eyes, it creates a very painful sting on, on unprotected skin. Even people not normally allergic to anything will be affected by mango sap after a few days. The burns become unbearably itchy, exacerbated by the humid climate, and the skin develops a mango rash of small blisters. So... Uh, the way Prue told it is that they were warned before they started picking, but there was a whole bunch of kind of just cavalier young guys traveling the world. Mm. They're like, ah, I don't want to wear full protective clothing. And they all got super, super sick. And um, yeah, there's also something called mango mouth, which is, uh, well, 
I might just let a, a YouTube influencer, um, for some reason, explain it for us. I'm not really sure what she does. She's got a couple of hundred thousand followers for just talking about stuff. Kids today, I don't know. Is this part of the uh, YouTube um, brand experience that you went to like a year ago and now you're trying to pump uh, YouTube influencers no, to us? No, I'm not in the <laughs> pocket of big YouTube. Okay, so her name's Joy and she's got Hello, mango everybody. mouth. Hello everybody, so today I want to talk about mango mouth. Uh, if you guys don't know what mango mouth is, basically, um, if you have an allergic reaction to poison ivy, you most likely might also have a similar reaction to the skin or pit of a mango. And this is because they're both closely related um, and the sap from the mango tree is actually similar to a poison. My friend Blake actually sent me a really good description of mango mouth. So hey Blake, if you're watching this, I will read it to you right hey, now. Hey Blake. <laughs> Mangoes can cause a dermatitis type response very much like poison ivy for those with skin conditions and or poison ivy. Mango skin contains urushiol oil, the same substance in poison ivy that causes rashes. The peel can cause swelling or rash when in contact with the mouth and or lips. So... <laughs> So, so is that like the outside of the peel? The outside of yeah. the peel has the same principles as the sap and also the pit does as well. Um, so yeah, mango mouth causes blistering and, and uh, sort of chapping and chafing around the, the mouth, mm. um, which luckily uh, Walter, who is mangoed out, didn't get that. <laughs> um, maybe it's because we, we peeled them very well. But um, yeah, just be careful, all right? We know that they're good, but they're also very, very dangerous. So when you eat a mango by yourself, mm -hmm. how do you eat it? Um, I cut it into two mango turtles mm -hmm. by, yeah, cutting off the cheeks, scoring yep. them and turning it inside out and then, you know, just chowing and, down. And then do you eat the pip? Uh, yeah, I usually like cut as much as I can off it and then, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't eat it. I'll probably, you know. I, yeah. Well, my I do the same first two steps, yep. but then I absolutely love the pip. It's my favorite bit. Okay. And I like it when I don't um, cut the two sides like too close. Mm -hmm. So there's lots on the pip. Yep. And I feel like even though it's messy and disgusting, that's like the pure joy in eating a mango, mm. especially compared to the sides, which I feel maybe related to your last fact, but when you like eat really close to the... Um, skin it has like a weird chemically taste yeah. that you don't get with the pip yeah yeah it's it, like it gets real juicy in the middle yeah. there and I, one of the things i like to do is if i'm using it in like a smoothie um i'll just like grab the pip and just like squeeze it and it just like goes everywhere it's very messy mm. but it's, there's something very very satisfying about it it's like kind of squishing your toes in mud yeah. or something so when i read that scientists are working on developing a um, seedless mango, it worried me because I feel like that's my favorite bit of eating a mango. Ah. So, and also it doesn't make sense. Um, so how would you eat it? Like just cut it in half and then would you still do the scoring thing? Cause then like they wouldn't flip out properly and maybe you'd like, mm -hmm. I feel like you'd still do that, but then you would just cut the middle up. Like yeah. you would just dice it. Like you or maybe would. it'd be easier to peel. Anyway, um, 
It's not as exciting. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I read some news about it and apparently this seedless mango isn't technically a seedless mango. It just has a seed that's heaps smaller and thinner and apparently it's less fibrous around the seed and it's called a Sindhu mango. Mm. So percentage-wise, a regular mango has about 15 to 30% of its weight is the actual seed and this seedless mango has a seed that's 10% of its weight. So it's really not that much different mm. and it's not seedless at all. No. But I'm still excited by it because it's like less seed, more flesh, but still the same rituals. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, how, how far off do you think a true seedless mango is though? Well, I don't know if it's technically possible because um, of how like fruit reproduces and stuff like I feel I think it needs the seed how do they do watermelons though well watermelons do have seeds they're just seedless watermelon like yeah they have the white they're just little white ones yeah and but but it I think through a mutation or something it can happen because I did read an article about avocados that they have got a batch of seedless avocados, which is like huge news in Britain. Because huge if true. <laughs> because people keep cutting their hands open because they can't open them. My mum did that once. My mum did that once. <laughs> um, I feel like it was when avocados were new in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some like mutant thing that like was born without seeds. So then there's only a few um, avocados that don't have seeds that, super expensive, like way more expensive than a normal avocado. But anyway, I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'm just saying that the seedless mango in the news isn't really seedless and um, it's still a few years away anyway. So they're still doing research trials on it. So it's probably like four years away okay. anyway. We've got time to prepare yep. mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for the, <laughs> thank you for the heads up. Um, okay. Well, we sort of talked about this. Um, I was going to say, um, how do you peel a mango, which uh, we've, we've gotten into. We both do the cut off the cheeks and, and make uh, make turtles. Hedgehogs. Yeah. I mean, they're not really turtles, but I yeah. like to call them turtles. Anyway. They're definitely more hedgehogs than turtles. Yeah. Um, do, do you know of the other mango peeling techniques? Is it just peeling off the skin? That That's one of them is like using a potato peeler, peeling mm. off the skin and then Basically, following the same steps, you yeah. cut you cut the cheeks off, and then you. Um, so that's one of them. Um, there's there's one called the glass method, um, where you. I've got a, I've got a video of it here, so maybe that'll help me describe. It. I'll I'll just show you M, and maybe we can describe it for the users at home. This is on Life Hacker. How to peel a mango in under ten seconds? To begin, you'll need a mango cut into halves, as shown here as well as a glass. Place the end of one mango half against the lip of a glass and, pressing gently, slide the mango fruit down, keeping the glass as close to the skin as possible. Mango fruit is very soft, so you don't need to apply too much pressure. So that's basically you cut the cheeks off and then you get a glass and you slide that under the... I couldn't listen because I was just trying to work out what that song is. Is it Aqua? Um, I'm not sure. It's some sort of I think it's Dr. Jones. (laughs) Okay. Uh, there, there actually is uh, a uh, comment on the YouTube video from the person who composed the music. It says, thank you for using my music in the video, but could you maybe put my info in the description? 
Uh, thanks, Rocco W. Well done on your chip tune music. Um, Our but, aqua has fallen. <laughs> but we do- <laughs> That's where they are. Um, we digress. Uh, that is called the that's the glass method. Uh, there's yeah, that also- actually looked quite simple, but I yeah, it, it would need to be quite ripe to be able to do that. Yeah, probably. yeah, super ripe. If you've got a really super soft one, you just use a glass and you slide the glass in between the flesh and the skin, and you take that off. Um, there's, there's others that pretty much all start with peeling it and then it's just different ways of cutting it. But it turns out some people get very, very passionate about their, their mango peeling method. Um, and I found this story from, uh, it's like, I want to say news.com. It's like a terrible non-news source. Um, Police say an 84-year-old man stabbed his wife during an argument that began over the sloppy peeling of mangoes. Whoa. Uh, The Palm Beach Post reports Uriel Bradshaw was arrested Saturday on charges of aggravated battery with a weapon, which isn't funny and I don't want to make light of domestic violence in any way. But um, the arrest report says that uh, Bradshaw was eating mangoes in a bedroom of the West Palm Beach home. His 65-year-old wife became irritated when she saw he was putting pieces of the mangoes on the floor and I, I think the knife that he'd been using to sloppily cut the mangoes. Um, he says he doesn't remember stabbing her, which is sure, it's good defence, I guess, uh, if you're a complete jerk. But just keep your passionate arguments about mangoes nice. Yeah. And uh, maybe try that glass thing. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm going to give think, that a go. I think if that, that man was peeling it with a glass, a lot of um, hurt might have been avoided. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I we should that's take out of it. <laughs> Thank you for finding a message. <laughs> well done. So for my um, 30th birthday this year, I had a yum cha extravaganza at a restaurant in Doncaster called Golden Dragon Palace. Mm. Heard of it, was, it, never been there. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so many next level dishes but one I'd never had before really took me by surprise. So usually for dessert, um, I'm really hanging out for the egg tarts. Yeah. If they don't come around, I'm asking for them yeah. and getting them over to my table. Yeah. And I don't really partake in too many other desserts, but I did see some crepes going around that I wanted to get involved in. Mm, okay. So I ordered them to the table. They're kind of like, um, kind of look like, I guess like spring roll in shape, but a big bit fatter and they are like really thin crepes. But then in the middle is like this fluffy cream that kind of borders on meringue Mm. filled with fresh strawberries. It was absolutely delicious. Never had it before in Yamcha. So on my quest to find out what they actually were, I came across an article on SBS food about the mango pancake, which is a huge deal in Sydney. Really? So I think they have these versions. Sounds like a Sydney thing. (laughs) So Sydney. Um, But they have those pancakes but filled with mango and the pancakes are like really yellow and quite like vibrant there. And according to that article on SBS Food by Rachel Bartholomew's, they're a staple of Sydney Yumcha. So I wanted to find out why I'd never had these before at Yumcha and the rest of the article explains that they're not a traditional Chinese dessert and they're not even served at Yumcha in other parts of the world. So in that article, um, Fuchsia Dunlop, a Chinese food expert and chef and writer, 
um, who's travelled through China for decades, said that she the first time she laid eyes on a man- mango pancake was on a trip to Sydney. And she said, I was intrigued while in Sydney to find man- mango pancakes, an apparent staple of Chinese restaurants there. I'd never come across this speciality anywhere in China, even in Hong Kong. Mm. So that's crazy. It's like... So it's a Sydney... In- sort of like in Melbourne, we invented the dim sim. Yeah. And in Toronto, they invented <laughs> the Hawaiian pizza. In Sydney, they invented... The mango pancake. And I really want to try it. So if any Melbourne listeners or even Sydney listeners for when I go up to Sydney next know exactly where to get the mango pancakes in Australia, let me know and um, I'll go there and try it out. I might even think that Golden Dragon Palace place might do it, but I went in winter, so mangoes went in Mm. season, so they're doing a strawberry version. Yeah. So maybe if I go back in summer for a Yum Char Extravaganza, they'll have the mango version. Maybe they'd make one if you asked them. Yeah. And said, hey, I'm kind of a big deal from the podcast Ingridopedia. (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm sure they definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the call has been put out. Please help M find mango pancakes. Yeah. Okay, I fe- again, I feel like you're going very, very positive. <laughs> I'm very pro-mango. You're like, very, very positive. I've don't bring it down. People I, love mango. I know they do, but they need I mean, to be I mean, bring it down because then people will be like, go M because <laughs> we're also pro-mango. <laughs> Okay, we talked about mango rash and mango mouth. Have you heard of mango fever? Yeah, Pat said something about it. Mm. I feel like he must be on The Simpsons or something. Like, I don't know how he knows about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Or no, he, yeah, I can't remember. Well, Tell it's, me. It's a newsy kind of thing. Yeah. I'm sure um, it, it, it's the kind of thing that, that radio stations in the top end of Australia would cover a lot. It's basically the a debilitating dis- disorder that happens during the monsoonal season build-up months. Oh yeah, that's in, right. In the tropics, in to the north of Australia, so in Northern Territory, Queensland, parts of Western Australia. This is from an article in National Geographic. It says, as Northern Australia enters the monsoonal build-up months, a stretch of excessive heat and weather tension, uh, Northern Australia's Northern Australians brace for a period known locally as mango madness. The debilitating disorder has nothing to do with fruit, however. It's an illness that affects civilians living at the top end of Australia, typically those who labour in the sun, and it affects a person's mood, appetite, sleep and energy. Uh, This disorder, which is often thought of as a myth, is believed to be responsible for higher crime rates and higher rates of depression in the top end. But... It's not a myth, according to Mary Morris, who's a senior lecturer in psychology from Charles Darwin University. And according to her research, violent crime, including sexual assault and homicide, increases during the lead up to the wet season, generally between the months of November and December. And there's a there's a graph here. I'll show you, M. See how it spikes in the... Yeah, that's <laughs> December. So it's like a wiggly, right, wiggly yeah. worm of a graph that shows crime rates going gangbusters... Um, in the in the warmer months. The effect of heat stress on the body is largely unknown. However, dehydrating your body and working under high heat every day not only affects muscles and general physicality, but research also suggests it may also affect hormones, glands, and insulin, according to Morris. Um, so that's the science behind it. But I think the best way to explain it is um, this listicle that was published in the NT News. Now, non-Australian 
listeners, you probably won't be familiar with the NT News. It is a newspaper that pretty much has a crocodile on the cover mm. every day. Like think of the 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 least reputable newspaper you can think of and then dial it up a mm. bit and add crocodiles. Or probably think of everything you know about Australia and it's probably yeah. from that front page. Pretty much. <laughs> it's like that is the Simpsons Australian episode <laughs> in a newspaper. So they've, uh, they've got an article called How um, you know, 50 Signs That You Know It's Mango Season. Uh, so it says, it's that time of year again when Territorians start to go a bit troppo. Well, crazier than normal anyway. The emergency rooms are chock-a-block with those who have succumbed to the pressure of the building humidity and makeshift homes are popping up in bottle shop cool rooms all over the top end. But what are the symptoms that you may be suffering from an onset of mango madness? Um, They had 50. I won't read all 50. Um, It says, you know, number one, the only friends you have left work at the bottle shop. Uh, Two, chafe, if you have it. That's all you can think of. Chafe. Jesus. Uh, Nine, all important meetings are scheduled for the cool room at the bottle shop. Uh, walking five paces to the fridge for another beer no longer seems worth the effort. Uh, locating free air conditioning is your main priority in life. Uh, your idea of a good weekend is hanging out in the cheese aisle at the supermarket. I might have missed this, but what does it have to do with eating mangoes? Uh, it's just mangoes. It's just more about the season. It's the season. Okay. It's 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 like seasonal effectiveness disorder yeah, 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 in yeah. reverse. So yeah, I definitely have. So does that mean we should eat? No, no, it doesn't. It means that it make it even worse. I don't think mangoes would be bad for mango madness. Yeah. But do you mean we shouldn't eat them because then there'll we be more people up there? We shouldn't eat them in winter there. because that will spiral us into a further depression. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, cut that bit out. <laughs> so all I'm saying oh is God. just think of the dangers. <laughs> Okay, so what did we talk about? I spoke about um, the green mango snack in Vietnam and I made some to try. And it was delicious. Uh, I spoke about mango rash. Yeah, and then I spoke about the seedless but not really seedless mango. Then I spoke about peeling mangoes and the crime that it can cause. (laughs) Um, And then I spoke about mango pancakes at yum chart and put the call out for people to tell me where to get them and then i spoke about mango madness which has very little to do with mangoes yeah it's the end of the year i just like to say we're really stumbling towards yeah. the end of the year this week it really does feel like it's just an unnecessary week yeah. in the year i'm not sure why emily decided we needed to do an episode I'm this pretty week sure it was you, so. <laughs> um, um so we thank you for listening to us and thanks for listening to us uh, this year. Yeah. Um, next year we will do our level best to do more ingredientpedias and bring more ingredients to you. Um, so keep the suggestions coming yep. in. I'm really keen to do a Vegemite episode. I don't know if you know, but I'm basically the spokesperson for Vegemite in Australia now. You made Vegemite? Yeah, I made Vegemite um, icy, icy poles, poles on the weekend. Yeah. After they um, tweeted that recipe and the nation revolted. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's up on Broadsheet if you want to have a read of that. Okay, we, we might share that from our Twitter as well, uh, which you can find at Ingridopedia on Twitter. We're also on Instagram, which is where you can vote for our facts. We will put uh, 
a nice little picture up for my facts and a little picture up for Emily's facts, and you can like the one uh, whose facts mm. you enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. That is how it works. Um, we will see you in 2018. Yeah. Well, we probably won't see you. We'll talk. Yeah. I also just wanted to do one really quick shout out to the um, person who wrote in after our mushroom episode and schooled me on just how much detail Nintendo go into with mushrooms (laughs) in Super Mario Brothers. Like I really skimmed over the surface with the Goombas, um, but there's, there's, you can go so deep with mushrooms in Nintendo and I'm really sorry I didn't give it the full detail that it deserved. Uh, Emily is starting her own podcast, which is just about <laughs> Mario mushrooms. Yeah. I look forward yeah. to it. It's called um, Mushroomio. Okay. Just make that up. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See you later.